think I shared this a few weeks back, but growing up, I watched a lot of TV. And these are some of the shows I saw. I saw like Different Strokes, Facts of Life, Cosby Show, and uh, as raunchy as it is a little bit, Married with Children, right? It's a little bit crazy, but uh, you name it, I saw it. Silver Spoon, Punky Brewster, all a bunch of shows that I saw. And the funny thing is, as I reflected back on all these shows, the common th theme and many of these shows back in the 80s, if you think about it, was family. Families that made us laugh. Families that struggled and went through topics that would make us cry. And it was very serious, right? It would make us sad. And at the very end, families and episodes that have directly or indirectly have taught us what family is supposed to look like. And so the question is really, in this day and age, when we say, you believe what you want to believe, I'll believe what I want to believe, families are so different. There can't be one standard rule across the board. Is TV the place we're supposed to learn about what a family should look like? And although there are some shows, again, that can be deep, very heartwarming episodes that teach us some truths, or at least a partial truth about life, God has provided more than TV. God has provided scripture to teach us and guide us about how to live out our identities as the household of God. And so remember the way Ephesians works, the pattern of Paul's letters. If you follow a lot of Paul's books, it first comes the indicative, this is who you are in Jesus, and then comes the imperative, of, okay, now that you are a child of God, this is how you should act, right? And this is awesome because it's very different from the way that the world works, which is the opposite. It will say, do this. If you do X, Y, and Z, then you can accomplish and perhaps the indicative will follow. Then you can be who you want to be if you do these things, right? It's the opposite of what the world teaches. And so the question today is, as God's holy and beloved people, everything that we've been learning about, the next question is, how do we live out our identity as the household of God? What does a godly household look like? And I'd like us to see in today's chapter, it gives us at least two answers. First, it gives us simply the calling and the duty of a child of God. If you're a younger student in here, or we're all children in one sense, right? But two, also seeing what godly parenting looks like. And I'm going to just say parenting for the sake of brevity, but you can be a future parent, you can be an older brother and sister, that when you're a part of this church, you're called to help raise the children of this church too. And so in a sense, you're parenting too. And so this applies to all of us in this room. And so the first question is to live out our identities as the household of God. What is the calling and duty of children? And if you look at our passage, right off the bat, the first thing Paul says is, children, obey your parents. Obey your parents. And some of the parents in this room are thinking, hallelujah, right? What an awesome verse. This is my favorite verse in the Bible, actually, right? Children, obey your parents. And if you're a kid in this room, you're probably rolling your eyes like, oh my gosh, when I hear the word obey, it, makes me cringe. 
It sounds almost as harsh as telling someone to submit to someone, right? But Paul gives us a couple of reasons why we should obey. And in verse 1, if you look right in the top, it says, Obey your parents, for this is right. Why should we do it? Because simply because it's the right thing to do. And it's because if you think about it, obedience is probably the most basic, most general call for every child, right? Initially, right, when you're born, no one has to be taught this. No one has to be encouraged to obey your children. It's later when we become so sinful. But initially, the natural thing that when God created us, he almost imprinted it on our hearts, right? And that's why whether you're a Christian or not, whether you look back 2,000 years ago or today, this is almost a natural thing. And I almost want to go as far as I was going to get these video clips of animals and following their parents and how they naturally, it's a natural thing that children would obey their parents. And that's why the Bible says the first reason is simply why should we obey our parents? It's the right thing to do. The second reason Paul gives is in verse 3, it says, if you look down here, it says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. In other words, what Paul is saying is children should obey their parents because it's good for you. It's actually right and it's good for you. And I have to confess, when I was younger, especially when I was in elementary school, I was not a very obedient child. I'll just put that out there, okay? When I was a younger boy, I loved climbing things, like a lot of young kids. And my mom would always yell at me, right? And she would yell at me in Korean, and she would say, Yeah! You know? She'd say, if you don't get down now, you're going to get hurt, right? She would yell that. But I would still climb, because it was so fun as a kid. And I would do more than just climb my couch. I would go from my couch to um, the ledge, that was a little bit higher across the couch. And it was, looked something like this. This is not my house, but I was trying to pick, get pictures of what a ledge across the wall. And I was get up there as a little kid, and on my tush, I would like inch my way across, right? Away from the couch. And I don't know why, but I would go all the way across to the window, right? Where there's the curtains and the, the, there's the string and the cord and I would play with it. And I don't know why again, but I would like wrap it around my head and around my neck and I don't know why. Now all of a sudden, whoop, I fell off the ledge. And I was like, oh, I was like choking. I was like, you know, and I was, this is a true story. I almost died. It was only by the grace of God, my aunt walked in, saw me, my tongue sticking out past my chin, like, oh my gosh. She comes and swoops me up and saves me, right? And to this day, when I hear any kind of Korean phrase like, yeah, another woman touching that, I'm like, <gasps> I remember this, and I'm traumatized. And I'm thinking, man, if I just obeyed my mom, I would have been safe. I could have avoided all that, right? And so do you see obedience is good, not only, Scripture tells us, not only because it's right, but it's good for you. It protects you physically. It protects you socially, right? Parents that teach their kids, don't bite, don't kick, share your stuff, right? Imagine we grow up biting people our whole life. We would have no friends at all, right? Our parents protect us financially, economically, saying don't blow your money on credit cards and save, right? Parents teach us and protect us spiritually. 
all the spiritual dangers and teaching us, raising us up in, in the church. And so the point is, obedience doesn't mean it will completely protect us from all accidents in life. But it does promise us in Scripture, though, it may go well with you and that you may live a long life. That's the promise of Scripture. The second thing I want us to see is not only the duty of the child is obviously obedience, but that's actually as tough as it sounds like to obey my parents. You know, the tougher thing is actually in verse 2 where it tells us to honor our parents, honor your father and mother. This is much more difficult because unlike obedience where every child knows to do this, right? Honoring your parents is a special call. And it's revealed in Scripture. God has to tell us this. We see it in the Old Testament, in the Ten Commandments. We see it in passages like ours. There's multiple places in the Bible where it says, honor your parents. And this is exponentially more harder than just obeying. Because how many times have we seen with our kids, how many times have we done it ourselves? When our parents tell us to do something, and we think it's unfair, and we don't like it, and so we'll do it sometimes, or we'll do it a lot of times, but we do it crossing our arms, right? And stomping our feet. And our parents tell us, go to your room, because you're not acting right. And we're like, I don't want to, but I'll obey them, and we'll slam the door, right? And so we're doing it. But friends, this is not honoring our parents. And that's why it's so much harder than just obeying, because honoring our parents is more than obeying. It's doing it with the right heart and the right attitude. Now, some of you might be thinking, just like we looked at uh, biblical submission last week, Pastor Chris, you can't tell us to submit. You don't know what my husband's like, right? And some of us might be thinking now, Pastor Tom, how can you tell us to obey and honor our parents? You don't know what my parents are like. They're not even Christians. They abuse their power. They don't live lives that are honorable. How can I honor them when they live such messed up lives? And it might be true. And so let me first say, obedience that scripture is calling for is not an absolute obedience. Meaning that we're not supposed to follow everything they say, even if they tell us to do something wrong. If we tell them, go punch that kid, he's so messed up, then we say no to that because that's not right. And so the Bible tells us, obey your parents. What does it say? Obey your parents, for this is right. Honor them, and we obey them in the Lord, right? Meaning we honor and we obey our parents everywhere and every chance we get, except if it contradicts obedience and honor to God. But still, let me say, we need to be careful when we start questioning our parents and we want to play the abuse of power card on them, right? Like, you're being messed up. I'm not going to listen. And we need to be careful because, for one, we can't trust our own hearts, our sinful hearts. And so maybe you should ask people for perspective. But two, a lot of times we probably, as children, don't understand what our parents are trying to do. And just because we don't understand it doesn't make it wrong. Let me give you an example. You know, as much as my mom gave me good advice about getting down from that couch before something bad happens. 
You know, growing up with the uh, divorced parents, growing up with a single parent, I resented my mom all throughout my childhood, probably all the way to high school. As old as a senior in high school, I hated living at home. And I couldn't wait to go off to college, and I was like, I'm never coming back home again. And I hated my mom because she was so strict. Over the smallest incident, even if I spilled milk, I would shiver because she would yell at me at the top of her lungs as if I killed someone, and she would spank me for something so small. And I resented my mom because she was so darn cheap. She wouldn't buy me a toy. All my friends had Transformers. They all had G.I. Joe's. I had to go and steal from like Kmart and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, why do all the kids get it, but I don't even get a birthday party? Really? And so for most of my childhood, I resented my mom so much. Three decades from my angry days and two of my own children, now that I look back, I realized the reason my mom was like that. And the reason why was basically for her, it was survival. She was strict because as a single mom, she, working the graveyard shift, you know what that meant? It meant leaving us home alone. And so she had to make sure there wouldn't be any accidents, right? Because if we did something stupid like plug in a blow dryer next to the bathtub, something worse might happen. And so that's why she was so strict. And then I look back on why she was so darn cheap. Now I figure it out is because she had to pay for food. She had to pay for our clothes. She had to pay for our mortgage. And you know my, what? My sister and I, we walked away from undergrad without a single penny of a school loan, all on the factory's jobs wages. Can you imagine that? My mom is almost 75, and now my resentment has turned almost into regret. I regret not understanding what scripture means when it says, honor your parents. And how my mom very much deserves all the honor, right, that any loving parent deserves. Friends, obedience and honor, this is the call for every Christian child in the household of God. The next thing I want to share is not only the duties and calling of children to be the household of God, what is it for parents or future parents or, again, um, older brothers and sisters are helping to raise children at Grace Point. And again, for sake of brevity, I'm going to just say parents, okay? And the first thing we need to see is that if you've ever flown before, you've, know, you've probably heard this, right? You've probably heard that flight attendants give this whole speech about um, before taking off, if there's some sort of cabin pressure, they lose pressure, the oxygen mask will drop down from the top, put it over your nose and your mouth so you can breathe, but make sure you put it over your nose and mouth first, and then your children, right? And so when I heard this, for the first time, they always said it, I never paid attention, but one time I was like, let me just listen to what they're actually saying. So as I'm listening, I have to be honest, I thought these airline people were so messed up. These guys are so selfish. They must not be Christians, right? No concept of sacrifice. Yo, you die, I'm gonna put on my own mask, right? <laughs> I thought they were so messed up. But 
Then I learned these, ma these masks drop only when the pressure is so low that you can pass out just like that, right? And so if you don't put on your mask first, there's no helping anyone else, right? You're no help to anyone, not even your child next to you. So you got to put it on first, then you help other people. In the same way, when we ask, what are our duties as godly parents, we must begin by realizing we have to have a healthy relationship with God first. And our passage doesn't explicitly say this, but if Paul tells us to bring them up in the dis discipline and uh, instruction of the Lord, then basically what he's saying is put on your uh, spiritual oxygen mask first, then you can help your children put on their spiritual oxygen mask after, right? And this is very important. And parents, listen to me, that we need to grow first. And there's a ton of reasons why, right? Because one, how can we teach people the gospel, our children, if we don't know it? How can we be good examples and models if we're not living it out, right? But you know one great reason why our relationship with God is so important and the way it affects the way we parent our children. And I never thought about this this way, but as I was reading and studying, one commentator made a good point. And he said, we have to have a healthy relationship with God because it provides the security, the security of God's love that makes us good parents for our children. And what I mean by this is, you know, if you consider... If you would consider two of my children who are almost 11 and 9, in a couple of months they'll be 11 and 9. And it's one thing if your children are, you have a newborn or if you have toddlers. And, uh, but at this point, when they're 11 and 9, how embarrassing is it, right? When they do stuff that they should know better. And so when they do stuff that's so embarrassing out in front of public, right? What's our response when they do something like that? Typically, it's anger, isn't it? Whether you show it or not, you're, you're like burning. It's like, man, you wait till we get home, man. You're going to get it, right? We want to yell at them. We want to spank them. And we want to discipline them. The question is, why do we respond like that? And the more I thought about it, it's because our biggest concern is for ourselves more than our children, our reputation. What will people think about us? Those other school families, they're going to think we're crazy. Church people are going to think, oh my gosh, this pastor can't even control his own kids. But friends, if we would only remember that God loves us so much, that God already thinks that you're a great parent and that you're doing a good job, if you put that in the forefront of all of our parenting, then we will be less concerned of what people will think about us. We will be less concerned about ourselves, and now we will care more about our, our children. How can we parent them well? And so do you see, friends, if we want to raise godly children, we have to take care of ourselves first. And it doesn't mean we'll raise perfect children, but the thing Scripture does promise is healthy parents is the ground it's the soil, it's the place where healthy children can sprout up from. You know, uh, the other thing that we need to see is not only uh, in terms of being healthy parents, but 
The passage also tells us not to provoke our children, right? So it not only tells us what not to do in terms of uh, it would be easy just to say you have to take care of yourself, but what do we have to do for our children? And what scripture tells us is don't provoke them, right? The first thing it tells us is don't provoke them. And when it says don't provoke them, what does that mean? And initially I thought, is it because I mess with my children? And I'm so, so sarcastic that I'll tease them and tease them that they get so angry. God is saying, oh my gosh, you better cut it out, Tom. Don't do that, right? Or does it mean don't provoke them to be angry, meaning buy them whatever they want so they won't get angry, right? Children would love that inter interpretation, right? <laughs> give, me, give me what I want or else I'm going to get angry. But the thing is, the phrase don't provoke their anger, it's actually the same phrase in the Bible whenever God's anger is provoked against the Israelites whenever they sin. In other words, it's a righteous anger whenever there's something inconsistent, something hypocritical. And so God, a lot of times, would get angry in the Bible, if you look, because the Israelites would say, I follow you, God, I have faith in you, and they turn around and they start worshiping an idol. And when you see that in the Old Testament, you'll see the anger of God is provoked. In the context of godly parenting, Paul is saying, don't be hypocritical. Don't pretend and teach your children one thing while you yourself, you're living a different way. And so do you see, again, this is why we have to have a healthy relationship with God first. It all comes back to that. Because if we don't, and we say honor, and we say obey your parents, but we ourselves don't obey and we don't honor our parents, Paul is saying the child has every right to be angry then, right? Because it doesn't make sense. What you're saying, what you're teaching, does not line up with the way you're living. And so they're going to be frustrated. I caught myself struggling with this a bit. I don't, if you don't know, uh, I help coach my kids' team, a lot of their teams, and it's basketball season. And uh, I love sports. I feel like it's a, I love coaching because I love sports and I, it's my way of spending time with them. It's my way of reaching out to the community. I get to know so many families. I invite them over for dinner, you know, during the season and stuff like that. But um, I have to say, in the heat of competition, although I have always said I don't want to be that crazy coach that's screaming and going crazy, right? In the heat of competition, I was so embarrassed because one week I started yelling at the ref because we were undefeated and we were so close to losing. I was like, I can't let this happen because the coach is blowing all the calls. I mean, the ref is blowing all the calls. And so in front of Barnes, in front of all of the team, in front of all the parents that are watching, I started going berserk and yelling, you're missing the calls. And it's funny because, you know, the funny thing is, even though I was yelling and I was so embarrassed, I think I got the ref so frazzled that the next complaint that the other coach did, boop, he got teed up. I got free throws. I got the ball. We won the game. I was like, yeah, it worked, you know? But the thing is, at the end, I, something about that win didn't feel right, you know? And at the end of every game, I always have a team huddle, and I always say, this is what we did wrong. This is what we did right. Let's get better and better, right? And the, but the first thing I had to tell them was, you know what, guys? I did so wrong today. I was so wrong. 
And I want, I want to ask you guys for your forgiveness. Because when we play, we should never yell at the refs. We should always be respectful. We should honor their calls and show them grace when they miss it. Brothers and sisters, as a seminary professor once said, children aren't looking for perfect parents, but they are looking for honest ones. Scripture calls us not to provoke, not to be hypocritical. And I pray, Grace Point, our prayers, my prayer is that we would not be parents who provoke our children. The last thing I want to look at real quick is the call and duty of parents is not only does Scripture tell us what not to do, don't provoke, but it tells us what to do. And what does it tell us to do? It tells us to discipline and to instruct our children in the Lord. Now, when you look at these words, it sounds very similar, right? Because in the English dictionary, the way we use it, it is very similar. But when you look at it in the Greek and you look it up in the lexicons and different dictionaries, it's almost the opposite. Where to uh, discipline someone, or if you have the NIV Bible, it says to train someone. It's something positive to encourage our children, to get them to the place where they need to be, to encourage them. There's a quick, uh, I'll share a quick story. There's a famous painter, I forget his name, Benjamin Watson or something like that. And he tells the story where his parents left him behind. And um, while his parents left him in charge, he took out the paint, uh, all the paint, and he went berserk. And he painted his portrait, and it was like a really bad one of his daughter, uh, of his sister, and it made a mess. The parents come home. If I came home, I would have been like, Barnes! What did you do, you know? But the story goes that the painter, the mom comes home and she kisses him and says, oh my gosh, great job. That looks exactly like your sister, even though it looked nothing like his sister, right? And yet because of that encouragement, that kiss made them into a painter. That's the power of discipline and training and encouraging our kids. The second thing, the second word, instruction, is a slightly uh, negative commandment in the sense that when you look at the word, instructing is more of a warning or admonishing. Some, uh, some translations will say admonishment. So we got to actually discourage our children from things that are not godly. And you, think, you would think, of course, why wouldn't we ever say no to our children when they're doing something wrong? But I think this is important because parents... Again, when we struggle with insecurities and we're afraid that our kids won't love us if we say no, it makes it hard, doesn't it? To actually discourage them from things. But friends, if we think our love is too much that we can't say no, right? The truth is we are not really loving them enough. And so our passage is saying not only do not provoke but we also need to encourage and discourage them from a life of sin. And so when you look at our whole passage, right, we went over a lot, and I tried to, I was talking to Elder Dave, there's so much to say, but, you know, I cut it down to these things, but even these things, there's so much to ask for. How can we do this? If you're a child, how can we find strength to obey and honor our parents when it makes no sense sometimes? If we're a parent, how can we not provoke our children? How can we encourage them and yet admonish them at the same time? What an impossible balance. And the answer is, 
If we get the gospel, that's going to empower us. Because if you think about Jesus, Jesus was the ultimate child, the ultimate obedient child, the ultimate son of God. Always obeyed God, right? Always honored God the Father. Even when it didn't make sense, Scripture says he was obedient to God to the point of death. That's how, how obedient he was. And you know, if you think about Jesus, he was never married and he never had children. But if you follow his life, he displayed the best parenting out there. As busy as life got, as busy as ministry got, what did he say? Bring the little ones to me, right? And as he was working with his disciples, perfect balance of training and admonishing the disciples, showing them grace and yet being firm with them, right? And so Jesus was the most perfect child and he was the most perfect parent and yet the end of his life, he's put to death. And you think, why? How is that fair? And the reason is the gospel tells us, the good news is Jesus was taking our punishment for being bad children, for being bad parents. He paid the price. And not only did he pay the price, but he empowers us with the cross and says, now you can obey. Not out of fear, but out of love for your parents. Now you can parent well. Not out of insecurity, but because of security. And so if we get the cross... That's what's going to empower us to be the children and to be the parents that Scripture is calling us to. And so if you're a mother or a father or a brother or older brother and sister in this church, you know, at the end of the day, Scripture is calling us to something serious, a great responsibility to be givers, constantly giving to our children until we die, giving and giving, pouring the love of Christ, because our chief goal is to create children a life that knows and honors God. That is our job. But let me also say, even though it's a huge responsibility, when we mess up as parents, and we all will, right? If you haven't figured it out, we all will. Know that making mistakes does not give us our identity. It does not make us bad moms and dads. Making mistakes just shows us that we need Jesus. Jesus that allows for our failures, that allows forgiveness, and that allows us to try again and again. And again, if you get this idea of the gospel, it will give us hope and it will give us assurance as parents, no matter how tough our parenting situation is. If you're a child in this room, and again, I think all of us, we are children, no matter how old you are, no matter how great the responsibility of the parent is, every child is responsible for, responsible for themselves as well. When you look at the Ten Commandments, let me end with this. Traditionally, when you look at the Ten Commandments, traditionally the church puts the first four on one side of loving God and the latter six on loving God's people. That's how traditionally the church breaks it up. But John Stott, Stott, a scholar and a famous pastor and author, he wrote how we did, we're doing it all wrong. And the way that the Jews actually handle this is they split it down the middle. And they include this fifth part of honoring parents 
on this side of loving God. Because when you obey God and when you honor your parents, you are really obeying and you're honoring God. And that's why it deserves to be on that side. And we know this because when you look at all the Old Testament scholars, they say it's so serious that if you fail number five, the penalty is death. And it's death because really you're dishonoring God when you dishonor your parents. With all this said, if you're a child and you struggle with honoring your parents like I did, and I'm sure there are people in this room that have a hard time obeying and honoring your parents, and maybe you're an adult and you still have a hard time, maybe some of us had the serious falling out and we don't call them and we don't talk to our parents at all and we still have yet to reconcile with our parents. If this is us, would you consider and trust what Scripture is telling us to do? 